Whole generations that lived and died in misery, oppressed and ill-treated by their masters and worn out by toil, have handed on this immense inheritance to our century. For thousands of years, millions of men have labored to clear the forests, to drain the marshes, and to open up highways by land and water. Every root of soil we cultivate in Europe has been watered down by the sweat of several races of men. Every acre has its story of enforced labor, of intolerable toil, and of the people's sufferings. Every mile of railway, every yard of tunnel has received its share of human blood. Pyotr Kropotkin, The Conquest of Bread. tangerine pod chat and how are y'all doing it's been been a little bit since we've been able to get together um you know life's tough work schedules aren't syncing up um but you know we're just we're here to tell you that uh establishment thing isn't quite working out and uh we're here to talk about of course as always workers rights you got nothing to lose but your fucking chains and um to unionize if your boss is treating you like shit Talk, talk, talk to your workers, because chances are they're also getting treated like shit. And, you know, we're always game for, depicting where you're working at, um, we're always game for some good old-fashioned monkey wrenching, and, of course, someday we need a general strike, and not just the fantastic album by Anti-Flag, but a real general strike. May 1st, May Day, the general strike. But, yeah, seriously, steal some pens, steal some staplers. Um... Take a shit on your boss's desk. Yeah, like monkey wrench. Now, if you work at a at like a blood bank or like a fucking nursing home, don't do that yeah, shit. Like don't, I, yeah, don't be don't be a dickhead. As a nursing assistant, I can't quite monkey wrench. But for all you old however, out there, you definitely can steal still steal some staplers. I I can steal some staplers. <laughs> as long as it's not a resident stapler, I can steal. All right, y'all. Um, what you just heard is "I Found Me" by Antilily. Um, some pretty rad-ass Houston hip-hop. Um, Dave said that it sounded to him a lot like uh, idea and abilities. There were, there were sections. I mean, not, not as a total, but I think like especially the, the jazzy uh, production and the almost rock and roll beats at certain points reminded me of the By the Throat album by idea and abilities, which by, um, that album is one of my all-time favorite albums of anything, just my all-time favorite pieces of art. So yeah, there's definitely times that it reminded me of that. Um, he's definitely, Drake is definitely his own unique rapper, I feel like. And uh, he's got a real good flow with some amazing lyrics, and Phonics is the fucking shit. Yeah, Phonics is one hell of a producer. Like, Absolutely. And Drake Antolilli, um himself has fucking stellar lyrics. It's, some, it's a hybridization of like boom bap and like jazz rap. Um, and instead of, like, 
focusing on the trap sounds that you hear so often in hip-hop that have gotten to the point where it's like overdone and unoriginal this feels fresh while like, like tremolo picking and black metal exactly this feels fresh and um like but it's still wearing like the influences on the on on his shoulder um which he actually talks about in this rad rad interview one of the best the best interview we've done so far and it was honestly a lot of fun the dude is he's a really good dude yeah drake is a wonderful genuine human being that genuinely wants better for uh the rest of the world much like we do and um i guess we're going to just throw you on over to that interview right or at least a part of that interview right now um so without further ado um here you go. Enjoy. Hell yeah. Um, Phonics is, I mean, obviously, especially listening to it's nice outside. I mean, I, I, he's extremely talented. And that was one of the things that really drew me to that album um, was the jazz stylings and the beats behind it all. Um, is that, um, is he pretty much you you um, exclusively work with or is any other DJs um, or anyone else that you have plans to work with or are you pretty much sticking with Phonics? Oh, definitely, man. So, Phonics, that's my brother, man. You know, so I try to give him just as much acclaim as I get because it was a, a total team effort. But with that said, I don't, I'm not really one, I'm not really one to want to be like pigeonholed into one type of sound. The context of what I'm saying, the shit I'm talking about, what I'm going through, man, it's always gonna be the same. And me and Phonics, we always are gonna have that working relationship, but. Every project, it, I'll, I'll be working with definitely different producers because, you know, different different beats bring different elements, different stories and shit like that. So right now I'm just trying to expand on the sound while, you know, staying true to myself at the end of the day. So, you know, a lot of the shit you'll be hearing from me this year, we'll definitely, I mean, me and Funnis, we're always working on music, you know, but... I wouldn't expect that to be the only type of sound you hear from me going forward. Okay. Yeah. Um, other question, too, going back to uh, where you're from in Houston, you said you're from the east side, Marlboro Rural um, community. Is it more rural or is it, uh, like you said, it was still, like, community-based. Was it, like, yeah. more rural, typical, like, Texas, like, what you think of when you when you hear Texas? Uh, no, not at all. Just having having homies from you know Detroit or whatnot that come down here. I think everybody kind of thinks it's like all oh, cowboy hats and like horses and shit. <laughs> I mean, that's the case, but not you don't you don't really see a lot of that in Houston. I mean, if you go to like Acres Home, you'll definitely see like folks on horseback at the red light waiting on it to turn green but that i mean really my community is i was really saying it's it's not in the big city you know we we have like little developments and uh it's more like an industrial side of the city if that makes sense like a lot of the truck companies and shit are on my side of town yeah. places but uh you definitely have <laughs> like if y'all come down here i could definitely show y'all where to, where to find the cowboys at you know <laughs> but it's it's a lot Houston is especially Houston it's a lot lot more diverse uh, but we definitely got our areas bro um, do you feel um, growing up in more of the um, outer city instead of more of the inner city do you feel that had more of an impact on you and your music than say if you were born and raised more in an 
inner city, especially as a hip-hop artist, which is generally, um, which a lot of, especially early hip-hop and even today, comes from more of an inner city. You feel that coming from more of a rural uh, community has any different uh, effects on your inspiration for your music? Well, I think as far as how, like, my story, you know, is of developing, definitely yes, because, the, you know, some of the topics that I'm going over, yeah, they've been... I mean, you know, hip-hop, you know, it's, it's been probably talked about before, but not really so much so from my perspective, because like you said, a lot of those stories do come from me in the city, whereas, you know, yeah, I, I've been through some of them same struggles, but I'm able to lend a different voice to it, so it's not the same, same, you know, same story that, that we've been accustomed to hearing. So I definitely think that's how, how it's... Uh, impacted my sound the most because at the end of the day whether folks want to admit it or not you know you are a product of the environment you know that you come from so <laughs> so shit my environment it was a lot like the whole the whole neighborhood you know would look out for each other like if if my my neighbors know I'm not supposed to be outside or get into some shit, like if my my folks ain't home, my folks are gonna know by the time. They get. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's that type of this shit, type of shit I came up with. But man, it was dope though, man. It's it's really really dope coming up uh, where I came from. Hell yeah! So. It's funny that you mentioned like if you were outside like fucking around and you weren't supposed to, your parents are gonna know because like. We're fucking miles away here in like southeast Ohio. It's rural Appalachian yeah. hills. But like, one hundred percent. If I was if I was off dicking around, like, I'll be damned. The next day, my mom would be like, "So, okay, uh, are you gonna explain yourself? What was up with this?" And I'm like, "Motherfucker! Like, do you have eyes everywhere?" <laughs> And a lot of probably won't even bring that shit up, you know, it may bring it up casually. Like, you know, what did you do yesterday? <laughs> Just waiting for the bullshit to come out your mouth, you know? That's what the town I currently live in now, there's like three last names, and that's it. Right. Yeah. The whole town. So everyone. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, it's. You kind of. Yeah, so, you know, I, I can really get that, where everyone knows everyone, and you can't. Keep, uh, in a way, there's like no privacy, but. It's also the sense of community and the sense of togetherness that comes from that. Yeah, we. I mean, because, shit, at the end of the day, we only looking out for each other. It's, it's enough bullshit that they're throwing on us, man, and that's what I took the most of my childhood is that really yeah. having, you know, shit, even when I got into some of the bullshit I got into, man, really, you know, the folks I was looking into, they, they was misguided, but at the end of the day, they was looking out for me, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though they got trapped on that hamster wheel, but the intention and, and the spirit, should I say, like, it's always been good, even though we may not always, you know, make the right choices. You always, you know, look out for your other person. Uh, when you described your, uh, where you grew up, you, you know, you, you mentioned a few times, talk about a community, and you just said that we're looking out for each other. And, um, you know, I know that you're, um, at least you're, you know, lefty, leftist, e like. Um, I know uh, Chris has talked about where you mentioned you're not quite as radical as we are. But in that sense, do you feel that you're, um, where you grow up in that sense of, uh, you know, everyone looking out for each other, the togetherness, 
and again the community do you feel that has its own effect on your uh per se lefty uh politics or views i mean definitely because i mean shit, y'all I mean, we, we know what the reality of the, of the, of the situation is like I can only speak on, like I say, this just goes back to to me having a dad growing up where, I mean, my mom, it definitely didn't have to be the case because he, he did his dirt on the side, but he was always like a, a stand-up-ass pops, and he would always, any chance he could, prepare me for the world. Like, hey, man, you, like, this world don't owe you shit. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you step out this door, know that I love you, my mom, your, your mom loves you, your sister loves you, but nobody else gives a shit about you. Nobody is, you know, they have to. And, and with you being a black man, anything that you want in this world, you got to work twice as hard because we never, they've never wanted us to, you know, to, to grow. We got out of slavery and, you know, that just put new laws on us and shit. You know, got the protect, Jim Crow shit like that so you know I, I just appreciated having that and that definitely shaped my view of the world and even just seeing seeing things happen you know seeing the evil that men can bring that's definitely affected uh, you know my views on, on politics society it's just you gotta do for do for self and do for the ones who love you and if you wanna make a change you just can't talk on that suit you gotta actually get up out of here you know and take those steps all right i guess uh let's jump in dave you tagged me in something that was uh oh, Jesus Christ. all right so we found it finally after 20 minutes of off air <laughs> going through my metal rooster memes we have all right so it's basically you know it's a post that was shared by cornbread communism one of the 10 million communism meme pages i follow and it's an NPR on a post, it uh, looks to be Facebook, and it says, Under President Trump's proposal, Americans who receive at least $90 a month in SNAP assistance would get about half of their benefits in the form of a, quote, USDA foods package, end quote. The boxes would not include fruits or vegetables. Now, some dude named Rob, and Rob, says, Good, all of those... Trailer trash Trump voters who were angry about trans folks being able to pee in public and Planned Parenthood existing can now eat spaghetti sandwiches and drink shelf-stable milk while their coal jobs never come back. Also, I will say spaghetti sandwiches are fucking delicious. Yeah, those are dank as hell. Toast that damn bread. Like, fuck Put off, mayo Rob. On it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you lost... I'm the Mayo King. Miracle like, I would actually do Miracle oh, Get the we're fuck not out of this house. On it again on air. Okay? <laughs> not... So, so the fuck you, Rob. Um, as as some folks out of Southeast Ohio, that that really hit it hit pretty hard because we are the the fucking Kentucky trailer parks and you know the people who actually need food, who need assistance. Yeah. You know these are livelihoods here, and this is a shitty form of identity politics. Exactly, and this sort of spiteful fucking nonsense is the complete wrong direction that we need to take i mean no matter what this is some i mean some neoliberal motherfucker yeah no you probably vote the democrat down the bill and it's not any sort there's no sort of actual discussion here it's just 
spiteful, hateful bullshit that we need to call out. It doesn't matter what your quote-unquote political views are. It doesn't matter. any. This kind of hateful rhetoric is damaging towards the members of the poor working class, i.e. the most fucking important people and members of our society. And we have this sort of... Um, in our reactionary and uh, us versus them exactly that we have that we're going to touch more on um, later as we talk about other topics throughout this episode there's still this this um, desensitized uh, generalization of people so of course in our, our uh, liberal versus conservative mindset because that's all you are and, yeah. and if you're not liberal conservative then you're just an in-betweener and uh, which is so fucking wrong yeah they don't it's, see it's hilarious. they don't see it as you know when I people tell I don't vote Republican or Democrat they're like oh so you're in the middle so, like, so no, you mother oh man you and me us in the middle it's like no you stupid motherfucker so but that's what but still it's that same and that's that's that same bullshit that and it's it's just, again it's destructive it's dangerous and this is not something that we can accept from no matter who you are what this we need to understand that not only first of all no one deserves you know um, boxes of food of shit food sent to their house yeah for daily life. There's a whole lot to break down here, and this this whole thing is what we're going to spend this whole episode on. It's just, <laughs> I mean, you, one, we, we are all, you all for compassion, no matter what, of course. Two, these, there's so much to unpack here. They're, they're, I'm angry, you go. I'm just um, angry. Yeah, because you, you won't fucking shut up. Um, <laughs> but, okay. So, these, there's a lot to unpack. Um, we just did an interview earlier today um, from a place and area very, very different from Southeast. It, it was a really fruitful conversation. Um, and that's what you need to do with people is converse. The example I used was like poor black areas don't like the cops because they're shitheads. It's a system of it's oppression. For an obvious reason, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? Like, a lot of poor rural white folks also don't really like the cops because those poor rural cops are bored. They're f- and they'll pull you over for three miles over the speed limit. Because they need to fill their quota, because they're bored, because they're, you know, class traitors. And they'll slap you with these fines. And, like, you might, you might hear... None of us can afford these. Things. $95. And someone might be listening and you're like, that's 95 bucks. $95. That's so me. much for this area because... That's an entire week of just money. That's like an entire week of money for me. Yeah, you... you there are no... Even more than that for me. It's a lot of people, that's that's a month. I mean, that's what... After you have your food and everything else, you don't have $95. Yeah. And, like, where I think... Well, not even I think, I know, because this is where we fucking live. Um, Where this, like, white rural working class is, the people that are pissed about trans folks using the bathroom, or um, what was the other example that bastard used? But here's the thing. Truthfully, the... Planned Parenthood. Um, Here's the thing, is that... Except for the, the religious kind of sect. The average everyday person 
also realizes, wow, we sh- we we need to take care of like teen pregnancy because this area has some of the youngest or, or highest rates of young pregnancy and young parenthood in the country. And they're like, okay, we need to find a way to curb that. And Parenthood can do that. Sex Ed can do that. Um, but I mean, sex ed—that's a whole other thing because our education systems and the shit in the shitter. But uh, like, and then trans folks using the bathroom. As much as I hate to say it, like people around here will like side eye you if like you dress like against conventional gender norms, and they might like say something to whoever they're with, which is shitty. Like, just fucking let someone live how they want to live. But in the same token, unless you're a serial killer, like. I've never been. I've never been in a women's bathroom. I don't know, like, if you have like conversation or whatever. But I know in a men's bathroom, especially around here, you don't. You stare at the fucking wall. No, I stare at their dick. (laughs) You stare at the fucking wall. Stare at their dick, and I go, yeah, compliment them. And you say, oh man, nice nice bush. But (laughs) no matter what, I compliment them, make them feel good. It looks like a purple mushroom, but you stare at the wall, you wash your hands. Sometimes you wash your hands, and then you wash get the fuck out. Please wash your fucking hands. Well, I wash my hands, and I just know a fuckload of no, people. No, you probably do the little turn on, kind of maybe no. wash and then turn. No, off. I'm I'm such a fucking stickler about it. I've I've asked people at work, could you please wash your hands, man? It's part of my job. I wash my hands thirty times a day. But uh, like, no, no one gives a like. All in all, like, use whatever fucking bathroom you want because we're all in there to go take a shit or take a piss, really. We could just have, you know, community unisex bathrooms with just stalls. That, that would also take a lot because women also, like, don't want to be around men that might be pervs or abusers or whatever. So, I mean, that, that's also a lot to uh, kind of tackle. But, uh, About. but anyway, we're going we're gonna to reel back. and um, We always have to. Yeah. There's just so much to fucking unpack with this one stupid ass comment, but no. And and we also talked about how for the first time, like in like white people's history (laughs) or history um, in the U.S., it feels like these like poor white folks aren't getting like people talk about white privilege we talk about white privilege and they're not they don't feel like they're on the receiving end of this because this area is very homogenous it's very white there's not too many different folks here well this is a problem that you know we've had especially since um about um abolition of slavery is the fact that you need to in order to prevent in order to prevent a revolution um, any sort of state, the poor working class has to have an enemy. You have to divide them. So how do you do that? Racism. How do you, so one, um, for example, the um, poor uh, whites from, especially in the South, um, even those in the North, needed to find an enemy to um, blame their issues for, which obviously we still very strongly today. It's still prevalent. Yeah, it's so, like the Irish and Italians. It's like, yeah, they were like indentured servants or whatever but they were like listen yo um you're going to earn your whiteness and you'll be okay one day well and and that that was used as a tool to divide these people that we took from their fucking continent well instead of looking at the actual problems of capitalism in the state why Mm -hmm. not just blame you know immigrants why not just blame um 
why not just blame the black people? That's so by creating that enemy and that divide, which you still see today, there is um, there is still that sort of hatred that the reason things aren't going so well is because of black people. And back to this, you know, back to this comment too is when we see that again that same divide and generalization it, it yeah. works also in politics as well especially in identity politics and it just it circles back around so what i first started with is, is meaningful thoughtful discussion is the only way that we can begin to understand instead mm -hmm. of generalization and categorization of human fucking beings and they vote you know these people they vote for for Trump, they vote conservative because, of, and again, they have that divide, that racial divide, and the they believe the white privilege is a myth because of something that's been substantiated since um, the abolition of slavery. That mm -hmm. you know, you, now it's competition. Yeah. Now it's not. Now it's we. I'm looking out for myself instead of and what I need to do and what I need to do is to get a job it's to help to my work. community. And so, well, you need, well, in capitalism, you need to help yourself. You need to get a job to work to feed you, to feed your family. And now you have a whole other subset. You have an other um, of people who are now competition for you to get your job. They're now competition for your living wages. They're so competition for your university for that scholarship or that grant that you might need as a poor poor kid from Appalachian America. And if you don't get it, yeah. then you can blame affirmative action. You can find other methods to blame for that. And instead, you need to look forward to capitalism. You need to look forward to the state. Mm -hmm. They are the ones that are dividing you, not, not your fellow man, but it is the it is the system around you and in that and they don't realize that and it's not their fault but it's a, they're a product of their environment we all yeah. are a product of yeah. the environment so what we what we need is better education and conversation between all members of society mm -hmm. and all members of the united states no matter where we're from because we still have a rural versus urban mindset yeah we still due to uh migrations and due to cultures and communications and instead of instead of looking outward towards helping our fellow man, capitalism and the competition for jobs and livelihood pushes us in to look at ourselves and what we're becoming disadvantaged at. Because when you have any sense of disadvantagedness and you feel like that, such then in your way of life and that is threatened, then that threatens your potential for for living. Yeah, and to, to like back, kind of back paddle a little bit, you were talking about the whole urban versus rural thing and fuck you Rob from Facebook um, kind of exemplifies that. He exemplifies that that uh, gentrified uh, artsy part of town liberal that uh, probably works at some fucking startup and or Starbucks. Or Starbucks, yeah. <laughs> Gets Starbucks on his way to work every day or their way to work, who knows. Um, but you see them throwing this blame and the lack of progress at where we're from, and then you right. see it's not it's not his lack of action. It's not it's not his lack of education or understanding. It's easy to go and it's, it's which which is mind blowing because it's one hundred fucking percent those kind of people's lack of action. There's a quote that nothing is radical and nothing will change if it's not accessible to the poor. And that means education, organizing, those fuckers have the resources to funnel them down, help these poor rural white communities, help the poor black communities that are in the city or around the city, help 
the poor communities of like East LA or in Texas of Latino folks, these fuckers with the resources are only concerned with motherfucking optics. Like we talked about this tweet as we were getting ready to set or setting up and getting ready to record was liberals say, um, or Republicans will say, listen, let's concentrate all the wealth in the U S to 10 people. <laughs> and the fucking liberals going to go have five of those people better be women. Exactly. They're, they're only concerned with the optics. It's like, but what about all these folks that, what about the? What about your major and your entirety of your producers? Yeah, what about the entire people who are produced and the re- and what ca- your entire society and capitalism relies on. Instead, it's still the liberals and these kinds of people still ignore constantly the working class and the main producers of all of our products and all of our actual main pro- actual producers of our of our wealth. And you still, and there's, and they're still ignoring all of that. There's still, it's still just easy to put, like you said, it's still optics. It's still easy to put a face to it and just, and now I, now it's, you feel it's a, it's a bandaid. Mm-hmm. It's that's those five women being half men is only a quick bandaid to an, uh, a shallow problem. Yeah. Or I mean, it's a shallow solution to a, to a huge fucking problem. Right. Um, I think it's also worth noting that um, people might be, or some folks might ask, yeah, it's optics, especially the more liberal ilk. Yeah, it's optics, but isn't that like better than the dumb shit that Republicans are doing? And I'm like, yeah, the Republicans are doing a lot of dumb shit, especially this stupid ass administration and Paul Ryan and everyone that's around it. We don't even talk about that because it's just everyone fucking knows it. Like it writes itself. It's just, yeah. I mean, but it's worth noting that I think the biggest part of why these rural working people will vote Republican is if you look at the Democrats, that they weren't willing to pass a single payer. Instead, they were all about compromise and going with their donors. I mean, Republicans definitely go with their donors, but um, they were all about compromise and being civil. And Obamacare fucked over while it did some good things. It it made people have to get coverage. Like with asthma, I may not be covered if it wasn't for Obamacare. I mean, Obamacare is good for me now until I turn 26. Exactly. <laughs> until, because I'm on my father's insurance, but until I turn 26, yeah, that's going to that's gonna suck. And then, like, my premiums, I've been, at wor- I've been working my job now for like nine, ten months. At the start of the year, no change in coverage. My premium went up 20 bucks. So these families that have shit jobs because the mines left, and we're going to touch on that too, um, that have all these shit jobs that are already struggling, they have to pay more for shit healthcare and no one's doing anything. And it's like, I will say that the Republicans don't give a fuck. And which- they're, they're, they're doing anything they can to pass their agenda. And the working people um, like that are like, that have this kind of attitude of, Oh, you have to keep on keeping on, do whatever you can to put bread on the table. If that means like 
you work two jobs. And those are the kind of things that are glorified, especially yeah, exactly. Well. Someone who works 80, 100 hours a week and someone who has to, who works an insane amount and does all kinds of things to pay off large amounts of debt mm-hmm. is that's that is no matter who you are um, on the political spectrum in our culture today, those things are loved and adored. These mm-hmm. stories of working 100 hours a week, two parents to pay for their child's health care. Exactly. Like, no, no, that's not. That's not heartwarming. That's fucking disgusting. But that's because we don't have any like real fucking portrayals of like how difficult things are like in, in what we, in the media and whatever that we, we consume especially on a more mainstream level which is what's most prevalent i mean everywhere but especially here where there's less access to even the fucking like internet or there's even parts of southern west virginia that people are getting fucking water from a well still oh yeah i mean i mean parts of kentucky and um and this near the appalachians don't have running water mm-hmm and that's, um, that's actually about the healthcare and the poor is a great segue into what the tweet was on, and that is the SNAP, um, the elimination of SNAP for food boxes. Now, you may be wondering, how is that going to healthcare? Well, first of all, there's multiple problems I want to point out other than the obvious about the food box idea. Um, one of those is they most likely will not be enough or sufficient um, for any sort of nutrients which also we already have a nutrient obesity problem because, hold on, because, <laughs> um, because of the, um, the health foods and actual healthy uh, greens and what you need for nutrients are already more expensive that you mm-hmm. can't actually afford on with SNAP benefits. Also, the um, who's going, so that's already a health problem because people are going to become under, exactly. under, uh, undernourished, undernourished, there we go. Undernourished. And another problem with that is, is because it's going to be made as little and as minimalistic as possible. And also guess who's going to supply these food, these uh, food boxes. Fucking donors. It's going not, no, I think what's going to happen is it's going to be what happens is with the lobbyists is some company, one of your major companies like United Fruit Company or anything else is going to get, um, is going to lobby to be the suppliers of these boxes. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, is they get a take, they get money from the government to supply um, cheap, underproduced, processed foods that will go in these boxes sent to the poor. So yeah. Because it's not going to be just donors. It's going to be a corporation who is going to put the shittiest, cheapest food in these boxes so they can get a pay cut from from base, from our tax collections. Yeah. So they're getting more by this, which they already do from the tax collections because, such example, Walmart paying subsidies. Their worker, yeah, paying their workers shit, and they have to immediately take a non-living wage, get SNAP benefits, and then immediately spend them back at Walmart. So after doing the food boxes, it's going to be increased the corporation's power and capitalist power by being able to buy into the government to supply, be the supplier of these boxes. Yeah, it, like, man, you, you really wonder what kind of hell we're on capitalism can create. <laughs> it's just that we, I mean, oh, shit. are going to be, we talk about, people make jokes about this being a so, well, this is a socialist thing giving giving people mandatory specific food boxes. No, they're not going to be in charge of the people no. are not going to be in charge and of the food handouts. The corporations are going to and the government and the state are ones in charge of the food handouts. That is not socialism. No, and like my wife's allergic to like even some, some of the most basic shit that people think of like fucking eggs. 
Like, what about people that have well, see, that are gluten that are legitimately like gluten intolerant? And have all these food allergies? This is another problem, and that is um, what you're adding bureaucracy to it. Instead of giving the people the money to go buy what they need based on their food uh, tastes and dislikes, based on food allergies, you're adding you're adding paperwork because exactly. now you have to fill out forms that say what you can and can't eat because they can't send you foods you're allergic to. So one, there's also the potential for screw ups. So food with so nut allergies. Someone could accidentally send something that contains yeah. Nuts. There's contamination there's, issues. There's, there's um, crazy contamination issues. Contamination. There's problems with um, losing paperwork. There's going to be problems with boxes being lost. There are so many possible issues and problems that will happen as you add and again as you add bureaucracy to this you're going to add the amount of fuck-ups that will happen and the amount of health problems that will happen exactly like in in our old lawn care interview i i mentioned my woke business bumper sticker bumper sticker mantra of think or act local think global and one of my favorite things to apply that to is food consumption because the food industry, the factory in like the factory farms and everything are one of the biggest detri detriments to our environment. And they're effectively destroying the fucking earth between the transportation and the actual factories themselves. Well, and also uh, um, cattle farms like murder the fucking environment. Cattle, uh, um, large... Having a giant cattle farm. And oh, yeah, yeah. Deforestation and um, pollution from just cattle farms are hugely detrimental. Mm -hmm. De detrimental. But, like, because of these big factory farms, you see the closure of more localized family farms. And these localized family farms were once a place of, like, great prosperity that brought their, excuse me, that brought great um, abundance to their communities and made a good living for those that, that, that sowed the fields, so to speak. And if we backtrack and go back to that, you have these farm fresh tomatoes, you have farm fresh corn, you have a fresh like chicken that was just like slaughtered or something like by your local butcher or whatever. And if people start to go to these businesses or like local farms, they're going to have the means to be able to uh, produce on a greater scale for their community. We don't have the pollution of the factory farms. We don't have the pollution of their fucking trucking and all the logistics. Well, also, too, is that not every area is suitable for different kinds of for different kinds of um, crops. Crops. Yeah, no, absolutely. Kinds. So you still need as population is grown, you still do need some yes. kind of transportation. Um, also, there, but there's also safer, more uh, cleaner ways that we can transport these, um, and there's also more ethical, um, non-polluting way of producing these. There's also a lab-created meat that we can more put more funding in, and there are other options, especially that uh, science can put forward to that. But having a local um, community, because this is the first time in human history that we experience now where you don't actually see where your food comes from exactly so this is before you always saw you directly where your food came from but now you don't you go to the grocery store and it's there you don't see the actual production process and that's brand new for humanity and again that comes with population rise but there are there are so many other ways that you can make it um safer uh more but you can also do more locally produced and more of a focus of homegrown and um municipality uh, 
style community. Yeah, sort of municipalism. Local, local, yeah, yeah, more local produced and local oriented uh, food. Yeah, th- like that's the bulk of it. And then, yes, you supplement it with, say, I'm just going to pull this out of my ass, like oranges from Florida, because it's there's a light little flurry right outside my window. Um, there ain't no fucking way we're growing oranges in Southeast Ohio. Right. Um, but that... It's while we're on the environment. I think I guess we can touch on this too, because fuck you, Rob from Facebook mentioned. Oh, and their coal jobs aren't ever coming back. Well, yeah, and that's a good thing. But um, you have. I remember there was a quote from uh, from our girl Hillary Clinton in the uh, in the general. Maybe it was the primary. Do not quote me on on that. But uh, she said. Yes, we're going to put all these. We're going to close down all the mines or put all these mines out of business, and local communities were not stoked on that. But they they did clip the end of what she said, which was and replace them with renewable like solar jobs and whatever. Um, that's cool and all, and that's like we want that because we have the resources for hydroelectric. Well, the thing is, it's not enticing. Those kinds of renewable resources aren't enticing unless they become cheaper and more profitable, in which right now they're not. Solar panels are going down. Um, but that, what else of that is that takes that does take a while to implement. And what also happens, too, is in capitalist, in a capitalist society, you need your, again, your food on your table right now. Yeah. You need, you can't, you don't have time to wait. There's no publicized food house. There is mm. no way of community public support we're still relying on currency and that creates the fear and loss of your your uh, livelihood of putting food on the table so therefore you find this blame and this divide against people who are yes regulating for the better of the earth or simply closing down inefficient means but again you're still capitalism is you have to still disenfranchise the poor workers from our area because there's no immediate replacement. There's no immediate mm-hmm. readily, readily available housing and food that is due to all. You have to work to pay, uh, to pay for everything. And of course, if you don't have a job, you don't work, then you're a piece of shit. So mm-hmm. that, again, that's in, in reference, but yeah. So it, it just creates a huge problem and where we, again, we see it again, the divide in, in politics and the uh, identity politics um, against each other is because it works the other way too. The mm-hmm. uh, conservative, there's the op, there's the, there's the polar opposite of Rob, um, i.e., my father. Where the uh, you know where they'll make the same kind of conference um, uh, references and comments on the uh, hipster liberal guy in short yeah. of Columbus. So it's it's not again. This is obvious. We say this a billion fucking times. This establishment thing ain't working out. No. And that's instead of blaming this general category, just generalization and categorization of this of this hipster Rob in mm-hmm. Short North. Instead, the problem is the fact that your society and the system around you is not helping you support. Exactly. It's not helping you support your family because you have to rely on the corporations that provide these inefficient energy and unclean unclean energy and it, 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 to your point like about price and oh it's too expensive and whatever it, it, truthfully it's not that expensive they can fucking afford it but they don't want the impact of their bottom line like 
It's like the small liberal arts university that makes everyone still plug into the fucking Ethernet in 2018 because it's cheaper than implementing Wi-Fi. Or, like, when I was in college, I remember calling Time Warner because our Internet's shitty copper wire, like most of, like, America. And I'm like, yo, when the fuck we get in fiber optic? And they're like, oh, well, this, this, and the other thing. And boil it down, it's too expensive and we don't want to pay for it, although it makes everything better. Um... And it's actually more efficient, but um, but I, I still don't even think that is the entire story, because like I remember tweeting um, pretty early on in my Twitter tenure at a green company that liked one of my tweets about um, renewable in the coal industry, and so I tweeted back at them, and I was like, I was like, hey, y'all gonna put your money where your mouth is and come to these areas that have these resources? Or are you just going to stay in the fucking cities and sit on your nice little high rise because you're afraid of interacting with gross uh, trailer trash? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely that sense of, um, yeah, there, um, again, it goes back to the identity uh, politics. And there's that, of course, sense of elitism, um, elitism, elitism. And I promise I've not been drinking, guys. And, no, stone cold sober. And, uh, but I've been up for 20 hours. Um and yeah, I know you're, you're right. I think there is a sense of it too. Is they are scared to come out in these areas, especially too, where you have an opioid crisis such as ours, and there is yeah. a perception that it's all trailer trash or those who are your lazy uh, Trump supporters or your um, so-called bigots. You're, you know, mm-hmm. there's still this generalization of an entirety of people, but in reality. It's, it's the paradox of capital. One of the many paradoxes of capitalism is the fact that in order to build those people up in wealth, you have to bring those jobs out there. You have to make connections with everyone or else you're just going to continue to yeah. leave everyone in this area in the dust. And that is affecting and hurting families and communities and people of all kinds. And that is, is in itself a problem because, again, they're exploited and they don't fucking know it. And that's because of a lack of communication, education, and the divide that they're forced into by the state and by the ruling class. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, I work at one of the more, I suppose, stable and, like, good-paying, quote-unquote, places uh, here um, and like I make 14 an hour but I, I pay like a huge chunk of my check to fucking health insurance um, and then it's funny because in, in my office building um, like the sixth floor is fucking luxury ass apartments for $1,000 a month down the street there's luxury ass apartments for $1,000 a month <laughs> so we have these these just incredibly unaffordable housing it's mind blowing. Um, All housing is unaffordable. All of it. True. Um, but especially when you when you look at like the fucking like jobs here, and it's like, how do these bastards really expect to, people to sit to like be in these houses? And it's. Well, they also, too, they only want people who can afford those houses. Because they're... Because the demonization of the poor. Exactly. And I saw, like, a little political cartoon that this is the only fucking... It's my dick. I saw a political cartoon where this is the only fucking country where you can have vacant homes. You can have, like, this kind of, like, housing crisis where no one's going, go, entering homes, buying new homes. 
but you also have a fucking homeless crisis because people can't fucking afford and these homes. And people are living with their, uh, staying home with their parents. Long exactly. Um, or people like me who move in and out of their parents. Six yeah, times or who are moving, moving back in with their parents. Like... Three times. I've moved in and out of my parents three times in the past two years. And it's... it's you kind of see, like, I, before I say this, we're back up a little. Like you said earlier, um, it has to do a lot with the education because the education here is shit. Like, I was not challenged at all until college, and that's where I'm like, wow. And the Civil War was about states' rights. I know that. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is fucked. We need, like, I want to dig deeper. A lot of these folks, A, don't have the time to I used, I used to have a, uh, my freshman year history teacher, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Costello, used okay. to make jokes the entire time that if you didn't study hard in class, you would be a loser and a burger flipper. That was working at McDonald's. That was his insult he said daily. I know. Well, I heard that all the time. You were going to be a laborer and a loser. Yeah. Mr. Costello, fuck that guy. And... He also, I'm pretty sure, states rights. Uh, was his? <laughs> was his? He was very lazy and short. He's short man complex. But uh, he, uh, yeah. I mean, that's what that was his constant thing. Was if you don't, you know, or he was if if student was acting up in class, that was his go to. Exactly. You're, you know, you're gonna be loser flipping burgers instead of. And that, that's the thing is these schools here, like they don't have the resources, they don't have the means. Um, they have a lot of jaded fucking dude, teachers. Dude obviously super conservative. Exactly. <laughs> um, but they, they have this perfect storm of just of lack of resources and just all of that that like they don't have the means to check on kids and see what's wrong. Why why are they not what oh, yeah. isn't Men- clicking with them? Yeah, mental health and yeah. sort of can- any sort of counseling in the schools I grew up. I mean, grew up, we grew up. Yeah, it's, it's non-existent. No, it's we didn't have a fucking mental health counselor. And it's also fitted by a culture where bullying is, you know, kids being kids. It's very, exactly. It's um, there was no sort of any sort of education like that. Um, mm-hmm. no, none of really the educators, the teachers, or family members pushed for it. Um. The only sex ed we had was in sixth grade was a really, really attractive lady, ironically, talking about um, abstinence is the only way ever. And that's all it was, was a week of don't have sex or your dick will fall off and you'll die. And like my, one of my favorite family guy uh, lines of all time, sex turns straight men into gays and gays into Mexicans. And that was pretty much what, um, pretty much what, what they told us. The... I remember having sex ed in fourth grade with some fellow that kind of looked like had I not tried to be trendy and lost some weight. And he, he told me my voice was sound like this. Do you know what we fucking did? I'm sorry to cut you off, but this hit me. Do you know what one of the exercises we did? Oh, God. What we did. Was, was it soaking? No, hold on. Hold the fuck on. I just remembered this. Holy shit. Okay, so what she does is she has two people, a man and a woman. Holy shit, I can't believe this. Has a man and a woman, okay, boy and girl come up. Okay, she says, all right, these two, let's pretend they slept together. And said, okay. Oh, man. So now she took another boy and put next to that girl and said, now pretend these two slept together. Then okay. she took another girl and look at the, took another boy and said, pretend these two slept together. And then she took everyone until eventually it all slept together. And she said, you have, this person has now slept with everyone here. 
that yeah. because yeah be, they were literally saying that was li- I, like the holy shit i mean that's that's slut shaming like that's exactly what that that is that that is not only it, it's it, that is so fucked I mean, the, that was an exercise in sixth grade. I will say though that in the regard to say the transmission of STDs and the lack of like health, especially around here when it comes to sex and protection, um, she's not wrong. Like if, if if someone picks up an STD from someone else and you, then you sleep with that person, and then like whether you become a carrier or whatever, yeah, and then you can spread that around. Yeah, exactly. But. For some reason, like, that's for me, so difficult. For here. me, as a guy who might be pansexual, so figuring that out, and I see, now you slept with this person, you slept with all these people, I'm like, fuck yeah, I did. But, <laughs> all right, that's cool, all right, all right. But, that's, I don't know, to me, that still seems incredibly fucked, in my opinion. Um, We're all about free love and expression here. With yeah, j- yeah, just just be fucking safe, and that that's the the biggest thing with, we don't with really, that around we here. We don't really go into that. None of you are sixth graders, but uh, maybe a couple of you. To kind sixth of sixth grader, go listen to go listen to Green Day or something. <laughs> don't want to be an American idiot. <laughs> it comes back two months later, but uh, um, like. God, you got off on a tangent. I can't even remember where we were. Um, you were talking about thousand dollar apartments, homeless crisis. Yeah. And we talked about education, and then I talked about my oh yeah, so history teacher, so we and then we talked about sex ed. So this this poor education. Damn, I should never drink again. Go ahead. In 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 this capitalist system, like you need jobs, you need something to make people come here, you need to make something so that the schools can make money, or from the tax dollars, whatever from property taxes. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're poor, your school's poor. Yeah. Yeah. Um. If you're poor, everyone's poor. And it's not... There's a lot of nuance to it, but generally and at its base, like, it's not dissimilar to what those, like, other poor communities, be it black, Latino, um, Asian, whatever. Or as white people's favorite thing, I don't care if you're green or... Yeah, I don't care if you're green and purple, (laughs) or these green and purple communities... And that's something that, like, with the lack of education here, now that we're finally on track, man, this is rad. Um, and that's something that with the lack of education, people bring it sexy back. Bring it back. people have never, like, been challenged or been told or, or like, even been, cha- yeah, challenged to think, whoa, let's back up. This isn't right. Um, and, like, I have some family members that weren't quite into the whole Black Lives Matter thing. They were like, no, like, all lives matter. Come on. It's like, let, let's sit down, let's hash this out. And we had a conversation and it's like, listen, they, they like, those communities are also struggling. They're poor. Like, and to them, you know, uh, back to what it's, it's the, again, it's the inner divide or it's that divide. It's that inner, well, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm not facing this. And this is a this is that this is a horse that's been fucked to death, but it's the, you know, I'm not getting there. Where's this white privilege? This white hypocrisy exactly. struggling, and again, instead of reaching out towards these communities that need help, we still it's that white frugality um, where we still look at ourselves exactly and see why we're not making it or why we are can be why we might not put food on the table. Well, then if we're having those issues again, that where that are enforced, 
by the society, the uh, capitalist society we live in, then you disregard, you have the ability to disregard Black Lives Matter because, again, yeah, my life matters. Well, yeah, but the point is there's still their life really doesn't feel like they matter and they're very fr- frustrated <laughs> that, yeah that, that's because the system it's, has for the whole fucking history of the u.s been rigged against black folks it's been rigged against people of color that aren't just some white nerdlinger like these i just burped and we'll go back a little bit because how i said that like poor white folks don't like the cops either because slap you with a hundred dollar ticket you get pulled over for going three miles over the speed limit in a black neighborhood and there's some shitty white cop that's driving around if you don't mind your p's and q's like you don't know what's gonna fucking happen yeah especially and you know whereas here yeah you're you might get slapped with a fine that's going to fuck you over hard but you don't fear for your fucking life Every single time you see those blue and, and red lights, and you know, and you have, um, you have, you know, there's more likely to have family members and people you know personally who have been victims of police brutality and police violence, and there, um, which fun fact, uh, cops have already killed more people this year than any and all mass murders this year or any sort of. That's a different episode. Um, <laughs> take deep breath. And they, you know, they're, they're they're closer to it, especially in uh, more urban, uh, more urban areas, and they're able to see that firsthand. So yes, mm-hmm. so the distrust distrust of the police is different, but it comes back to the, you know, what my problem, what I can do to help survive. You know, it's still we're still forcing on competition. There is, mm-hmm. we need to look outwards. Yeah, you, you may think, well, you're trying, you're, and by saying all lives matter, what you're really doing is you're trying to defend yourself. You're trying exactly. To, you're trying to defend. I'm not doing so hot right now, and I'm by saying all lives matter. I'm defending myself and saying I'm not doing so hot, and I need to defend that. That's not just me. Yeah. That's you know that's a focus on on race. That's a focus on other groups of people. Yeah. And um, again, instead of looking outward, we need to look towards mutual aid, towards helping other and everyone mm-hmm. else. Redistribution. Redistribution it, it, of it, all to, resources. To, to to dumb it down a little, but uh. Anyway, like, going everyone, back to that conversation. Everyone like, just leave right now in this podcast. Just st- pause it. Get all your friends. Go loot every fucking store. <laughs> and take, go and just break everything. Just black block it. And get everything out of that store and redistribute everything immediately to everyone around you. Pause this right now. Go do that. And when you're done and everyone's fed and healthy, then you come can back. Resume. Come back and resume. And we'll talk. Um, but no, having these conversations and like, I, I would mention that I'm like, yeah, like stuff's shitty here. And they like, I'm like, yeah, they go on power trips, but I love power trips. It's like, do you ever pull off the side of the road when you see those lights and are you like, oh fuck. By the way, power trips metal band. Power trip sucks ass. Dude, fuck you. Anyway. So it's like, whoa, you, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, Go ahead. We'll, 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 we'll hash this out later. Go ahead. It's like, do, do you do you ever think, oh, fuck, I might die when you get pulled over and you see those lights? Because I'm like... No, the worst thing I'm thinking is, did I leave a pipe in here? 
That's yeah, and, even, and, the worst and even if you did that, you're going to probably be slapped with a fucking fine and right. then take it. But that's literally the worst thing. Yeah, that, I don't think I'm going to You're die. not going to go to fucking jail because you're black and you had a bad had, had No, a my worst bowl. thing I've yeah. really ever thought of. Yeah, it's not going to be a huge fucking episode. It's just going to be <laughs> the most colossal, like, for okay. lack of a better word, inconvenience. Yeah, I mean, it's like a $300 fine, which sucks, but again, not fearing for my life. But... And, like, having those kind of conversations has really, like, helped a lot. Also, um, real quick, pause this episode, go to the nearest police you find, call a fucking class trader, and then come right back. But, um... Police are class traders, official TPC stance. Do you have anything that you want to add after that class stance? That was a whole lot of rant, and it was like, it's kind of like we're the left-wing Alex Jones, for real. <laughs> so, we got well, so we got some conspiracy theories coming right up your ass. Um, I, uh, let's see here. What, what's, okay, okay, so. Well, if you want these supplements, they're going to help you last longer in bed. They pump the testosterone through you. Ooh, I feel it through my blood right now. It's going to make you a more potent man in the bedroom. Just ask my wife. Also, when they put salt on the roads, don't step on those. That will turn you into a cis white male. Don't don't step on the salt that they put on the roads. Gay frogs. No, 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 no. That's the right-winged Alex Jones. <laughs> We're the left-winged Alex Jones. So don't step on the salt. It'll make you a cis white male. Kind of. Do you get it? Do you kind of eat the rich? Anyway, y'all, this is Tangerine Pod Chat. Eat the rich, feed the poor, feed the rich to the poor. And we have more Aunt Lily coming your way. Toddles. Doodles. But then I got my shit together, finally I found me For niggas who come around when you up or when you down They go missing and get to flipping, finally I found me For bitches who plotting but don't be down Move around and get the hell up out my face, finally I found me For everybody who use anybody for any reason To leave when you deplete them, tell them I found me Every day I struggle with my demons Looked up in the mirror when I felt them leaving Finally I found me I learned off for repetition, I'm steady inching you can't learn if you never listen, I'm steady twisting My favorite prescription, I blow with my baby, that's it, I don't Fuck with you niggas and know I ain't fronting you shit I never did because most niggas I used to depend on 
was just dependent and took for themselves but never given. Balance shifted, you only think for yourself. Too many partners hold me, I'd rather be by myself. I'ma lead by myself, I guess that's why the world is selfish. Cause when my time coming, ain't nobody that's gonna help me down. Mama told me never show my hand to nobody, especially my friends. That part was hard to understand, cause I was trying to come up with my niggas. Thought I was stuck with my niggas, but I learned everybody don't share your visions or your interests. They only see the potential to come up, but as soon as it all fall down, they get to run in. Like roaches when you cut the lights on, ayy. Let me make sure my mind gone. I've been vending shit for a minute. I do my dirt by my goddamn self. I'ma leave this earth by my goddamn self. My nigga, I'm the only one that can stop myself. I watch my back, I know I got myself. That's some real shit. Don't call my phone when you see that I'm on. See, I've been in my zone for way too long. My nigga, I found me. For niggas who come around when you up and when you down, they go missing and get to flipping. Finally, I found me. For bitches who plotting but don't read down, move around and get the hell up out my face. Finally, I found me. For everybody who use anybody for any reason to leave when you deplete them, tell them I found me. Every day I struggle with my demons Looked up in the mirror when I felt them leaving Finally I found me